Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. And so here now in Esther 4, Esther chapter 4 and verse 1, says, When Mordecai heard all that had happened, he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes and went out into the midst of the city. He cried out with a loud and bitter cry. He went as far as the front of the king's gate, for no one might enter the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. And in every province where the king's command and decree arrived, there was great mourning among the Jews with fasting, weeping, and wailing, and many lay in sackcloth and ashes. Now, wow, very extreme here, but here in these first few verses, I think it's good that we should put ourselves in the place of Mordecai, considering that his emotions were explained to us as a loud and bitter cry. You ever heard people do that very often, loud and bitter cry? It really catches your ear. It's very extreme. And Mordecai's reason for not bowing to Haman, which set off this whole thing. Haman got mad at Mordecai for not bowing. He found out he was a Jew, so he issued the decree against the Jews. Now, whatever Mordecai's reason was for not bowing, I'm sure he had no idea that it would result in Haman declaring war against all the Jews of the empire. Um, I'm considering whether Mordecai would have rethought not bowing if he had known, but of course there's no way to know. This was being used by God to facilitate the deliverance of the Jews so that God could glorify himself and make himself known through the Persian Empire. So God uses everything that's done. And so, but Mordecai is greatly distressed now, though. Have you been greatly distressed? Uh, There's a lot of people in great distress today. But Mordecai is being very public about it. Very public. He's not just crying privately at home. It says he went into the middle of the city crying out loud. This is a big deal. You know, he has gotten also the Jews with him. They're all in mourning, too, because of this decree. They're, they're in mourning. They're wearing sackcloth and ashes, it said. Sackcloth and ashes is what the Jews did when they experienced great distress. It was an outward expression of their inner pain. And so sackcloth, that is a, it is a coarse material. It's made of goat's hair, and it's very uncomfortable. It's scratchy, and it just doesn't feel good to wear it. And that would demonstrate the discomfort that they were in, in their spirit. And the ashes that they put on, that they put the ashes on themselves, it signified desolation and ruin. You know, when you something catches fire and it's destroyed, and it is now desolate, and it is now ruined, what's left? Ashes. And so they would put ashes on, they would actually grab ashes and throw it on themselves and wear the sackcloth as an outward demonstration of their inner pain and distress. 
And also it says they tore their clothes. You know, if you saw somebody walking around with torn clothes, you'd think, well, there's something wrong here. He doesn't look normal. They're doing everything they can to explain this is death and destruction, and we're greatly distressed by this. And so they tore their clothes. Again, an outward display of the great distress that they were experiencing over this murderous decree that Haman had issued and that the king by his authority had sent out. And so Mordecai, he takes his cry out into the city. But even though the Jews were at a total loss, and Mordecai was like, what is going on here? God was working behind the scenes to deliver his people. That's something good for us to remember, is that even though we get in a bad situation, and how in the world am I going to get out of this? God is working. God is working. You know, I think it's it's a good way for us to be, is to learn to throw a switch, this a spiritual, if not mental, also switch in our heart and mind, that when things look impossible and things look devastating, remember, God's back there working what he, he's doing what he does. Don't forget that. That'll help you get through tough times. And so now, Esther 4 in verse 4. So Esther's maids and eunuchs came and told her, and the queen was deeply distressed. Then she sent garments to clothe Mordecai and take his sackcloth away from him, but he would not accept them. Then Esther called Hathach, one of the king's eunuchs, whom he had appointed to attend her, and she gave him a command concerning Mordecai to learn what and why this was. Okay, it's real apparent here that while Esther did her duties as a queen, she was cut off from normal lines of communication. She was out of the loop, as we would say. She's not been told about the decree that was sent out against the Jews, so she has no clue why Mordecai is making such a loud scene. Perhaps she sent garments, it says. She sent garments to him, maybe to to take his sackcloth away, because maybe she was embarrassed at the way he was conducting himself, crying out loud in the city like the way he was doing. But, you know, we got to put ourselves now in Esther's shoes. We already did that for Mordecai. Let's put, put ourselves in Esther's place and consider that she's still in the mode of keeping the big secret that she's a Jew. She, she probably doesn't know that Mordecai has publicly revealed his identity as being Jewish, like it says he did already. And so to Esther, Mordecai making a lot of loud noise in the city like this with the sackcloth and the ashes, ashes and all that is something that could endanger the secret. I'm just kind of trying to speculate in in Esther's position. She's still in secret mode. We're not supposed to tell anybody. And she figured this could endanger the secret of who their people are. But one thing that we do know is that the, the text specifically does tell us is that she has no knowledge about the decree that has been sent, sent out against the Jews. She, she doesn't know it. Again, as being queen, she's living away from normality of society, and she's been cut off from almost all communication lines. And it's apparent from the text that the king sure didn't tell her about the decree that was sent out, because he has no idea that she's a Jew. If he'd have known, he probably would have told her, or who knows what he would have done. But Esther's still keeping that a secret. She's not telling anybody that she's a Jew. Now, up ahead in verse 11, we're going to see that Esther has not even seen the king in a whole month. She's not seen him, so he hasn't been able to tell her anything. So she has no idea what's going on. But what Esther does know is she does know Mordecai. She knows him. 
He raised her. She's been around him a long time. She knows him. And so Mordecai's behavior with the sackcloth and the ashes, that's a big red flag to Esther. Something's really, really, really wrong. And especially when she found out that Mordecai refused the garment. So she sent Haythatch to find out what in the world has happened here. Esther 4 and 6. So Haythatch went out to Mordecai in the city square that was in front of the king's gate. And Mordecai told him all that had happened to him and the sum of money that Haman had promised to pay into the king's treasuries to destroy the Jews. He also gave him a copy of the written decree for their destruction, which was given at Shushan, that he might show it to Esther and explain it to her, and that he might command her to go into the king and make supplication to him and plead before him for her people. Okay, this moment here between Mordecai and Hathach right here, this is a major turning point in our story. This is a big deal. Mordecai just did something really, really significant here that's very easy to miss. He showed a copy, first, he showed a copy of the murderous decree to Hathach, and he told Hathach how the decree came to be, because, you know, he refused to bow to Haman, it made Haman mad. Now, he urged Hathach to go and plead to the king, but that's still not the most significant thing here. I want you to read, if you're reading with me, you should be. You should be in Esther 4. Follow the word of God with me. Don't just take my word for it. Take God's word for it. Follow me in these studies. When you hear me in this, in, uh, when you hear me teach, follow what I'm saying so that you can read and see for yourself. What are the last three words in Esther 4, verse 8? What are the last three words? It says, for her people. For her people. Again, the setting. For years, Esther has been keeping her Jewish identity a secret from everyone, including the king. And so what Mordecai just did here is he just revealed Esther's big secret to an employee of the king. Did you get that? Here we go again. Mordecai just revealed that Queen Esther is a Jew. Okay, you see that? It says in verse 8, Mordecai wanted her to go into the king. He he told this to Hathach, one of the employees of the king. He told this man, I want Esther to go into the king to make supplication to him and plead before him for her people. Did you get that? Mordecai just told Hathach, Esther's a Jew. Secret is out, guys. The secret is now out. Can you imagine the look on Hathach's face after hearing that the queen is a Jew? There's a, there's a royal decree out to kill all the Jews, and the queen of Persia is a Jew. And now it's his job, it's Hathach's job, to go and report all of this to the king. That is what you call a head boom. <laughs> Guys, if this was not big enough, if this didn't make you nervous, imagine being there in it. This is huge. So now, we're in Esther 4 and 9. So Hathach returned and told Esther the words of Mordecai. Then Esther spoke to Hathach and gave him a command for Mordecai. All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that any man or woman who goes into the inner court to the king who has not been called, he has but one law, put all to death, except the one to whom the king holds out the golden scepter, that he may live. Yet I myself have not been called to go into the king these thirty days. So they told Mordecai Esther's words. Now, I can imagine here how Esther must have 
reacted once she heard Haythatch's report, knowing that now he knows she's a Jew, but also that all of her people have been scheduled for mass execution. And so, through through Haythatch, Esther reminded Mordecai, she can't just simply walk in and go, "I, I can't just go in and see the king. The king had to hold out his scepter to 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 people first. What is a scepter? It is a rod. It's like a staff or a baton that is held by a, a royal entity as an emblem of authority. It means authority. Now, if the king held, held out a scepter to somebody, that meant they had the king's approval to approach and not be in danger of death. Now, as Esther had had reported back to Mordecai, anyone, man or woman, if they go into the inner court of the king and they have not been called, they'll be put to death except the one who the king holds out the golden scepter. And so she pointed out to in, in verse 11, Esther pointed out that she has not even seen the king in a month. So it's like, how am I supposed to get, go in there? I haven't seen him in a whole month, and I'll be killed if I go in there. And so Mordecai urged Esther, you gotta do something. But Esther's response is, but I can't. You gotta do something, but I can't. Guys, have you ever been between a rock and a hard place? This is certainly that for Esther, and she's in a bad situation. Esther 4 and 13, And Mordecai told them to answer Esther, Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet, who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. (laughs) Mordecai, I love this guy. I love him. What a great man of faith and such God-given wisdom he has here. I love it. Now, Mordecai displays his faith by saying that if we don't do something, if we, even if we don't make it, God will deliver the Jews from another place. He'll do it one way or another. And so Mordecai knows that God will keep his covenant people. That's important to know. Even in today's day, where you see all the nations against Israel the way they're doing, God will keep his covenant people, Israel. You can take that to the bank, people. God will keep them. But the point that Mordecai is trying to make to Esther here is, if we don't act, someone else will. If we don't do it, then someone else will have to do it for us. God's going to do it. God's going to get it done. But if we don't act, that means somebody else has to. I know that we live in a society today that is accustomed to passing the buck. You you get somebody else to do it. It's somebody else's responsibility. Let somebody else clean it up. But for responsible people who know that they have been called by God, passing the buck is unacceptable. That is not the way it works in the kingdom. And Mordecai suggests to Esther that they have the great possibility that the very reason that she has become queen is just for such a time as this. (laughs) He's like, Esther, this could be why you're here. Did you you ever consider maybe this is why you're queen in the first place? And so Mordecai's words here are very, very good. They're very faithful, encouraging, full of godly wisdom and motivational enough for Esther to now make a firm decision. She now knows that if she does not say something, if she doesn't try something, she and her father's house will die, including Mordecai. 
He says, hey, don't think being in the palace will save you. It's going to hit you too. She knows she has to approach the king, but she does not know if the king's attitude toward her will be favorable or not. Because if not, then she dies. You know, I want us to try to relate to Esther's situation that everyone she loves is going to die unless she sacrifices herself for them. Did you hear that? Very important. She now has to sacrifice herself for them. She knows what she has to do now. But how do you prepare for such a thing as this? Well, let's find out. Esther 4 and 15 says, Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, Go, gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan, and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise, and so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther commanded him. Things are now moving that can't be stopped. But wow, Esther and Mordecai, what a powerful combination. Amazing what happens when believers get together. Don't be that lone Christian running around doing things your own way. Get together with people. You don't have all the position and all the wisdom and all the encouragement to do everything yourself. Esther doesn't have it all. Mordecai doesn't have it all. Esther needed the motivation. Mordecai gave that to her. Esther's the only one that can go into the king like this, and so she's going to do it. Mordecai has his job. Esther has her job. Amazing what happens when believers get together. Friend, get together with the body of Christ and watch what happens. Now, Esther had made her decision according to all the information that she had gotten from Mordecai's report. He said, this is how it all went down. This is what's going on. And now she's made a decision. Now, you know, Esther always listened to Mordecai, didn't she? She trusts him. And Mordecai charged her in chapter 2, back in chapter 2, don't reveal that you're a Jew. He told her, don't say it. Don't keep that a secret. Don't reveal that. And that allowed her to be positioned as queen now. And so now she realizes, again, from Mordecai's wisdom, from his words, that her position as queen is for just a time as this. And so she knows it's been placed upon her to go to the king, her job to do. Now, I like how Mordecai and Esther, man, they operate together. This whole story could not move along like it does if they did not have each other. But now Esther is going to go to the king even if it meant her death. She does not have it in her mind to pass the buck and find somebody else to do it for her. She knows this is her job to do. Now, I think that's a point that needs to be made today among so many Christians who think that whenever they find themselves in a bind or major trouble, that they can take the mentality that God will just send them somebody to take care of it, what God called them to do. No. Friends, you got to realize when God has given you a calling, he's put the calling on you. That's for you to do. That's not for you to go, go convince your pastor that he needs to go do it or your friend that they need to go do it. If God has put that calling on you, that's yours. That's yours to do. Don't pass the buck. God has called you to specific things that he wants you to do. And so Esther's not asking anyone to fast and pray that somebody wonderful shows up and just 
comes in and just does these wonderful things. She's asking them to fast and pray for her. For her. She's preparing to go in and break the law to go see the king because she knows she has to do it. Pray for her, she was saying. Wow. And so this is a wonderful preparatory step that Esther takes here before just rushing into the king's presence. She first establishes time for fasting and prayer. And not just herself praying, fasting and praying, but she also asks others to join in with her because this is not just for her. The the, the benefit is not just for her. It's going to be for the deliverance of all the Jewish people, including herself and Mordecai. You find yourself between that rock and a hard place. This is something important to do. Fast and pray, guys. You'll be better off for it if you take this preparatory time like Esther is doing. Now, both Mordecai and Esther are finding themselves at a total loss here. Mordecai did his part in reporting the news back to Esther which has now exposed Esther as a Jew, and now Esther has to do her part, which is almost like signing her own death warrant here. But, as I've said before, God was working behind the scenes, and God's going to deliver his people. Awesome. Let me show you in Esther chapter 5, verse 1, what happened. Now, it happened on the third day that Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the king's palace, across from the king's house, while the king sat on his royal throne in the royal house, facing the entrance of the house. So it was, when the king saw Queen Esther standing in the court, that she found favor in his sight. And the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. Then Esther went near and touched the top of the scepter. Wow. Guys, she got favor. (laughs) The preparatory steps work. The fasting and praying at work. But I want you to take notice in the text. Did you notice that Esther didn't just barge right in? Hey, we need to talk. She didn't just barge right in. Okay. She waited three days first, praying and fasting. Again, I'm re-emphasizing the point I just made. She didn't just charge in. Okay, we got business we got to take care of. I mean, I know we live in a a charged society that says, uh, I don't have to answer to you. I can say what I want, my opinion. Did you notice that Esther didn't do that? She went in, when she did go in, she went in in a way that gave honor to the king. Friends, you'd find you'd find it amazing what can happen when you show honor to people, especially those that you're supposed to be under their authority. She took the time and preparation to do things right. She didn't just charge in. We've got an emergency. Hear me out. Listen to me. It says she put on royal robes. In other words, she adorned herself and presented herself in a way that pleased the king. And the only way that she could pull this off, the only reason she knew how to do this and knew what to do is because she knows him. She knows King Ahasuerus. Esther knows this man. She knows what he expects. She knows what he likes. She knows how he thinks. Therefore, because she respected his authority and wanted to honor him, she conducted herself in the very way that pleased him. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. 
We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.